Welcome to it. It's what it's really, you know, Nate, people are becoming concerned with you. There's there's concern because the, the knife who's, is cool. Concerned? Nobody's concerned. Man. I know. Well, Chad, uh, maybe I'm just concerned. Yeah, I'm a little concerned as well. I mean, because was that John McClain? Did you tape that to your back like uh, Die Hard? Is that what you did right there? Hans, Bobby, a white knight. Welcome to Kill You with Truth on uh, on Fridays. Um, fellas, you know what? I do want to start a little serious, and then we'll get into some fun. But let's start a little bit serious. What is your take on the Von Miller situation? Who wants to go first about Von Miller? And maybe I should recap. Uh, there was a warrant for his arrest for a domestic violence incident that he did turn himself into the police in Texas. It is the incident is with his uh, girlfriend who he's had a child with who is pregnant right now. And she has now said that there's nothing to it and that it's sad. But she did call 911 and reported it to the police. So Vaughn did turn himself in, mugshot the whole deal. And now she's saying, hey, that was that that was nothing. Who wants to go first? Chad or Nate? You, you tell me. I'll jump in here. Um, you know, Vaughn and this woman clearly have a volatile relationship. This is at least the second time that this kind of thing has happened. Um, if it's the second time, then it's probably not just the second time. Um, it could be other incidences where, you know, maybe we aren't, the authorities weren't alerted or they decided to keep things quiet. So, uh, yeah, this is not the first athlete to have a volatile relationship with the mother of his children or some of his children. Um, so, unfortunately, this is kind of one of those Things, you know, Vaughn's had a couple of things that are a bit of stains on what has been a remarkable Hall of Fame career. One of the best players of his generation. Um, but, you know, the suspension, your your question at the press conference <laughs> um, is a classic. And now mm -hmm. this issue with this woman has come up again where, you know, she calls the police and then backs, you know, backtracks later on and says, well, it's no big deal. But whatever reason you call 911, whether it was, you know, physical, emotional, um, who, who, you know, we're not there, we're not privy to all that information, but it puts Vaughn in a bad light. Um, and it paints a super negative picture without us really knowing all the details. So I don't want to go too much further than that. Um, but clearly this relationship has some uh, volatility to it. Hey? Yeah, yeah. When the alert is uh, and the story that flashes on all of our phones and stuff is warrant uh, issued for Vaughn Miller on domestic abuse of a pregnant woman. Yeah, pregnant not woman. good. Yeah. Right. That, that's really yeah. bad. We live in a nation of laws, guys. And if a law is broken, you should be punished for breaking that law. Now, it's there's some gray area here with a, a relationship as volatile as that one is. I'm not going to speculate as to whether or not she called 9-1 to get at him, to mess with him, to fuck with him, or if he actually broke the law and deserved 9-1-1 to be called. That's for the cops and the investigators to uh, find out. And, and we should allow those types of things to happen. And it does suck with the, the, the world we live in, the media landscape that we live in, where these headlines are the ones that really are the information that we go off of. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot of speculation that happens. Clearly, this is a very, very toxic <clears throat> relationship. Like Chad said, it's probably happens dozens of times. And, you know, the cops have been called a couple times. And um, <laughs> how do you how do you get through to that? I mean, they clearly need some therapy. Uh, maybe they don't need to be together, but now they have they already have a child. They have another child on the way. So they're going to be tied together for the rest of their lives. So how do you 
you know, make things better. I mean, how do how do you go there um, when you have children together? Um, clearly, maybe they shouldn't be together. Maybe should they should, you know, <clears throat> get divorced. I don't know if they're married or not. But again, this is this is about the law. And if he broke the law, he should be punished. Whether or not that, you know, how that reflects you in your professional setting that's a gray area. And I think, you know, the NFL has this conduct detrimental to the league type of thing where they yeah. will suspend you or even banish you from the league for, for some, some things they don't even get convicted as crimes. Right. But if you're a plumber, if you're an electrician, if you're other, one of these jobs, these types of things, you're probably your employers never find out about it. Right. So, so it is a unique situation as a celebrity, as a, as a public figure, you do have a, a reputation to uphold and the league does have a reputation to uphold. And so they have to figure out how to proceed with this type of stuff. Well, the, the most important thing is the safety, um, safety of, of the woman and to make sure everything's cool. Now she's saying that, Hey, this was no big deal. Okay. You know, but we've, we've seen cases where volatile relationships, listen, they're hard to understand because you, you're like, why are you together? But it's not like this is the first time we, we've seen volatile relationships in our society. Similar. Just, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. That's probably a deeper conversation for another day. So we'll just put that on a shelf for a second. What will be interesting for Vaughn as a football player from this moment forward is that he just hasn't. I'm just talking about a football player now, okay? I'm kind of moving past it while acknowledging it's very serious. What will the Buffalo Bills do with Vaughn as a football player, Chad, as they owe him a lot of money and his production has not been that great? Could this possibly be a reason why the Bills could get out of that deal? And is this it for Vaughn possibly as a football player in the NFL? Uh, as a pass rusher, no. He will continue to get opportunities. There's just not enough of those guys. Teams are always desperate for pass rushers. Jason Pierre-Paul just got signed off his couch last week and I think is going to play. You know, So that's how desperate teams are for pass rushers. So Vaughn Miller will certainly get another opportunity in the NFL unless something horrific comes out about this story. And it sounds like the girlfriend, baby mother is not going to uh, you know, tell the tale. Although she did release screenshots of her and Vaughn's conversations when he was saying, you know, I should have never had a child with you and this is the worst thing I've ever done. So last time, yeah, past one. last time. And I'm yeah. paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said, but something pretty similar to that. Yeah. So for the Buffalo Bills to see this now as a repeat kind of behavior with this woman, um, I suppose, I mean, every NFL contract has a clause in it that the teams can use, literally use to get out of the contract and some of the guaranteed money and with Vaughn's production not being what they would expect with Vaughn not bouncing back from the injury the way that he said he would I think mm -hmm. there's some folks in the Buffalo Bills front office who are looking at the contract and maybe having discussions with some of the league lawyers going what's possible here what right. can we do here to get right. out of this and is there any way that this incident is enough to trigger this particular clause that would no longer obligate us to pay him some of this guaranteed money yeah, I think it could be the end for him. Um, if um, I don't know, man, because like, okay, so you just mentioned the text messages and and the, and those, those what they say to each other is a product of how volatile that relationship is. Every relationship is different. That one is clearly uh, not normal. And so the things they say in heat, the things they do to each other when they're mad, these things are spilling over into the realm of being illegal or being to the to the layman who who takes a peek into it for us a, a snapshot awful horrible things 
to say to, to someone, but we they're saying that to each other. This is how they operate. And so yeah. it's hard for us to understand from a snapshot what that what the reality of that relationship is. Clearly, it's toxic, and that's the number one thing Bond has to figure out his relationship mm-hmm. with this this woman who's the mother of his child. I think it would help him to make some sort of a statement if they could come together and make some sort of a statement, talk mm-hmm. about talk about this volatility, talk about the fact that they know that they have a problem and that mm-hmm. they are working on it. They're going to therapy. They know that they both go too far sometimes mm-hmm. and they need to figure that out. <laughs> I think All really right. whether no, really real quick yep. about the Buffalo yeah, Bills issue. It's, yep. it's about how they view him. It's about how they view him on that team. Again, taken as a snapshot, sure, they're going to want to get out of it. But do they like him? Do they like do they believe him? Do they believe in him? Is he a good locker room guy? Is he doing all the right things? That type of thing. That stuff matters. It's not just like, oh, you know, they're not just reading the headline and then contacting the lawyer based on that. They want to take in the full breadth of the situation and, and figure out where he's at, talk mm-hmm. to him and where he's at with his, in his life and his relationship and figure out if this is something they can help him fix. I think they want to help him fix that. They have player development people in the building. Every team does that want to help you fix your problems. They don't want you to get involved in these situations. And they know if they can help you fix your problems, then you'll play better. And maybe Vaughn hasn't been playing well because he's been preoccupied with his volatile relationship. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of moving parts here. And I don't think it's as easy as just saying, hey, can we get him? Can we get out of the contract and kick him to the curb? We don't want to pay him his money. You know, there's a human being they've invested a lot in. And so I think they want to help him get better. All right, let me ask you then just point blank. Say the Buffalo Bills do get out of it. Would you want next year Von Miller on a lower salary to be a Denver Bronco, Chad? Oh wow! Um, you know he would love to come back. We're you know it's 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 a weird thing because sometimes we want to be the morality police, and there's other times we we we, we don't. Um, you know, violence against women, violence against kids is just a no go for me. You know, um, I, I know you are allowed to rehab yourself in our society but if that's if these allegations um are are have some truth to them where you are having domestic violence against a pregnant woman then i'm going to say no or is it you know a ugly volatile relationship and to nate's point where they lash out at each other in in purposeful ways to hurt each other and when bond sent those words to her in that text message it wasn't to make her feel good it was to hurt her when she picked up the phone to dial nine one one. It wasn't to make Vaughn look good. It was to hurt Vaughn. Yeah. But was he actually hitting her? You know, I, I, only those two actually know. So if it's a volatile relationship, then I've got some grace. If he's practicing violence against women, particularly a pregnant woman, then I don't have a lot of grace. So um, I would feel uncomfortable answering that unless I had a, a, a some type of confidence in what the facts are and had an opportunity to hear from those two. Nate, but yeah. as far as Vaughn coming back and playing football for the Denver Broncos, at a lesser salary and be a pass rush specialist slash yeah. pass rush coach. Yeah, I think Nick Benito and Baron Brownie and Jonathan Cooper could benefit from his tutelage if the situation allows for that. Nate? Yeah, I think if he, if, he, if he beat up a pregnant woman, he should go to jail. Okay, point blank, if he broke the law and that law, he should be punished for it. That's number one. Number two, though, uh, if, if 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 he didn't do those things and he's, you know, cleared and he doesn't get arrested or whatever and he and he gets released by the Bills, no, I don't think the Broncos should pick him up. I think that that ship has sailed, okay? I don't think he's playing the type of football that the Broncos would necessarily benefit from. I think they're trying to move in the other direction. I think that's why they got rid of Brandon McManus. I think that's why they traded him in the first place, yeah. trying to set a new, you know, a new course here. Yeah, yeah. And so let's not bring up old shit. Let's not go try to, you know, pull, dr- drudge up 
the the glory of the past with some reflection of the Super Bowl 50 years. Dude, that's like eight years ago now. Right, all right? right. That's so gone. We we are on a new era here, a new owner, a new coach, a new core. Everything's new about this situation. And I don't see how Von Miller coming back would be, really benefit this team. I okay. agree with I oh go ahead. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna jump in here. Yeah, having Von Miller come back would not be an, an attempt to reclaim any glory of the past. It would just be it'd be nice to have a veteran guy in that room. And here's a guy who's clearly a veteran who would love to play for this organization. And if he's got anything left in the tank and willing to take a reduced salary, it would be much more that not like, Oh my gosh, it's return of Von Miller. Let's put up some billboards and posters around town and, mm -hmm. and you know, proclaim the King is coming back. No, here's an older guy at the end of his career who wants to finish out in the place where he started and wants to be helpful to some young guys in the room. It would be like, like, like I did, exactly yeah. like I did at the end of my career. But well, would, he, would, he, would he run down on kickoff? Though? Right, would, right, Would right, he be humble right. enough to take a reduced right. role? You know right, what I mean? Would, right, reduced right. role, yes. Run down on kickoff, no. I don't think Ron Miller's doing that one. You know, I'm I'm leaning more towards what Nate. Listen, there's a reason why the Broncos actually got better when they moved on from Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, and they found their own identity. And you named him with uh, Benito. Uh, Cooper and Baron Browning, who, by the way, have we heard about any fines for Baron Browning? I no, haven't heard I was, anything. No, so, you are. So, everyone's correct. If you, I've been hitting me up on Twitter for the last couple wow. days. Wow, Chad, I was. Wrong, yeah. Wrong. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I mean, loud, not just wrong. I was loud and wrong. <laughs> so maybe. So, so guys, maybe, maybe Kareem sat down with Roger okay. and presented his case. And Roger went and talked to his boy Runyon and said, quit it. You're not doing what we You're need you to us. do. You're killing us. With truth. You're, well, he's killed. Maybe. You know what? You might know. be. You, no, I'm, I'm saying like, it's like, hey, John, I understand what you're trying to do here, but, but you are killing oh, us yeah, right. because there's literally a thousand other examples of things that are the same as Kareem Jackson. So, and maybe, I mean, just maybe that boomerang effect has actually helped the Broncos and Baron Browning, which is crazy to think about. And there's no fine on PJ Locke that I'm aware of either. I don't, I haven't heard about it at least. Well, was he, he like pushed PJ Locke, like pushed him. No, he didn't I, him. I get it. But sometimes yeah. you get uh, just, you get that flag. You, you, they take some money just yeah. because you get that flag in the first place. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, um, I think we owe, I'll take it. You owe. R Russell Wilson was with his sister, Anna. You're such an asshole. Oh. Dude, <laughs> wow, you're speculating, just calling him. Just You just turned it into a whole segment about his insecurities and how he can't handle being. And he was there with his family, man. What the hell is wrong birthday. with you? Loud and wrong. Loud and wrong. Loud and wrong. Oh, my gosh. Well, I... Uh, I got some comments too, and and I, I I'm here to take the slings and arrows. And yes, if I was celebrating my birthday, my sister was visiting, and she's a basketball player, which she is a high level basketball player. Of course, I'm gonna sit on the court if I could afford to, because it's a cool thing for somebody <laughs> to experience who's never experienced it before to sit on the floor for an NBA game. So I I still think there's a little bit of the you know, look at me sort of stuff, but there's probably a bigger part of, hey, let me do something cool on my birthday with my sister. We really? already did, we already did stuff with my family earlier tonight. Let me do something cool with my sister. How about going to the Nuggets game? And maybe I can't get the center center seats, 
but I'll just be like six seats down, and that's pretty cool too. So can how pull, about that? Can I pull the lens back and ask you a question, D Mac? Yeah, of course. You just said you still think there's something to it. The the me <laughs> the, the 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 look at me stuff, right? Even after the 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 fact comes out that he's there with his sister, right? Yeah. Why are you so quick? to make these judgments on Russell. Is it is it just good radio? Is it just good content? What is it about Russell that makes you want to make these judgments? Because I think he's one of the most interesting psychological um ex- uh sort of not examples, um profiles. He's one of the most interesting psychological profiles I've ever seen in professional sports. I, I think it's really fascinating where where he came from, his um, what he went through his college process, how he became a pro, the loss of his father at a very young age, the relationship that he had in Seattle with Pete Carroll, um, his neutral mindset with his good friend Trevor, who just passed away a couple of years, his need to be surrounded by a lot of people seemingly all the time this need to satisfy others starting a charity that he doesn't really pay all that much attention to while still doing some great things. I actually do think Russell Wilson is a really good person that sometimes just can't connect with other human beings. So I find him fascinating in the same way I found Tim Tebow fascinating. So when, when I find somebody really, really interesting to me, I wonder exactly what makes him tick and what's going on with them. So, so I probably do lean into examining the reason behind behavior more and more. So it's not just going to a game sometimes. I think there's a purpose and a, and a reason behind it. I actually find Russell Wilson fascinating. If I found him boring and not that all interesting, like I'm not breaking down Ben Powers. Like I think huh. Ben Powers is just kind of a boring football guard. I don't think there's anything deep about Ben Powers. I think he's a big dude that likes to run over people. And he likes time hunting and fishing. There's nothing that interesting about that. That's just who that dude is. Nothing wrong with it. But I find Russell Wilson and everything about him fascinating. So perhaps I do. And I'll, me a culpa, probably look into things too much when sometimes a fish is just a fish. (laughs) (laughs) Is that fair? That's fair. Does this mean that uh, in the future that you will uh, pump the brakes when uh, when a situation like this arises, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If we see this week against a defense in Houston that that is going to be tempting, I'm telling you, this is a candy bar game. Despite that you've been winning on your diet, there is a candy bar sitting on the shelf, and it'll be fascinating to me if the thought is, "Hey, I've been pretty good." You know how people say it's a cheat day. Like your body doesn't know it's a cheat day on a diet. I always found that fascinating. It's as if you're another person compared to your actual body when you say it's a cheat day. Well, here we go, guys. This is a cheat day for the Broncos because there's a lot of reasons why they they could open up the floodgates and do something very different than what they've been doing. So you know what? I'll reserve judgment and let's see how they react to the situation. And let's not forget, guys. Their four remaining road games are all on turf inside, which is not the grinded out, you know, run the ball, cold weather sort of thing. It's not. It's, you know, 4th of July fireworks type of offense style for their four remaining road games. So I'll be in a wait and see sort of mode. But if we come back from this game and they lose and it's one touchdown and three interceptions, not the other way around, 
then, you know, I'm going to have something to say. But I might not have anything to say. Because if he buys in against the Texans, they win the game. I really should just shut up. Because they have a system and identity that has won six games in a row, is playoff bound, and I'm just going to enjoy the ride from there on in. When was the last time you shut up, D-Mac? I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. All right, yeah. shut up might be a stretch. <laughs> okay, thank you. And I will keep talking, but I'll just talk about it in a different way. Look, um, I think an, uh, your psychological profiling of Russell Wilson is going to take, you know, have another interesting chapter this week because C.J. Stroud, is an MVP candidate as a rookie quarterback. What yeah. is it that we heard that Russell Wilson always wanted but never got? Oh, right. The MVP, right. right? In 2020, 2020, which was the COVID year, it was the year that quarterbacks had their best year ever. Russell Wilson was the front runner for MVP after the first half of the season. He was right. he, yeah. he, he had like nine touchdowns after two games. Like he was absolutely crushing it. He fell off at the end of 2020, didn't he got I think one MVP vote. That was the only vote he's ever gotten in yeah, his yeah. life. All right. Now he's facing a rookie quarterback who's in the conversation for MVP at quarterback. What? How's Russell going to handle that temptation to go tit for tat with CJ Stroud and try to outduel CJ Stroud? Is he going to be able to stay within the confines of the game plan and the offense, or is he going to try to, uh, you know, air it out and outduel an MVP candidate? I think it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a challenge for Russell, as it would be for anyone, to be to be honest. And every quarterback wants to you know, outshine the quarterback across from him. You know, he wants to put up the numbers. He wants to put up the touchdowns. He he feels like if Russell Wilson throws for 122 yards, one touchdown, and C.J. Stroud, Stroud for, throws for 333 yards and three mm -hmm. touchdowns, and the Broncos mm -hmm. win, right. Russell's still going to feel it a little bit. Like, eh, he's the better – he showed he's the better quarterback. So how's that going to go? Uh, you know, it's going to take some – some strategic sort of uh, conversations and approaches from the coaches to get Russell to stay, stick with the plan. I think it's going to be fascinating. I do too. Um, okay. We might as well do our predictions right here. I think the Texans are going to win this game. I think the Broncos <laughs> will either push or lose the turnover battle. Uh, so I got the Texans winning like uh 31, 23, something like that. Uh, so a high scoring game. Cause I do think the Broncos are going to push the ball. Chad, what do you got? Oh man, uh, it's going Chad, to be. We already know what Chad's going to do. No, I'm going with the Broncos here. I'm going with the Broncos here. Oh, you, you, you don't win five in a row on accident, and the belief and confidence that comes from that is just so tremendous, and it can't be really overstated. Um, we've all seen football teams struggle and then get things together late. Uh, my Patriots teams were beaten by the New York Giants, who didn't get off to a hot start got things going later in the season like this Broncos team is doing. There's something to be said for that and rounding into form to playing your best football. I think the formula for success is there. I think the lack of ego for Russell Wilson is there. So I don't think the issues that Nate talked about and maybe you talked about a little bit there are going to crop up. He's already humbled himself and lost the weight. He's already humbled himself and put up 114 yards, 134 yards, 94 yards, and has not complained. This wide receiver room, after having – amazing ability to pick up their phone after every little incident has been quiet. So the Eagles have been silenced right now. So for them to be able to play the Houston Texans, stick to the game plan and not try to outcompete the other quarterback or the other receiver, but just do their jobs and win the football game. I think this team is still operating within that mode. Could it be some cracks down the road where things fall apart? Maybe so, but I think they keep it together this week. I think it's a close game. It's 24 to 20 Broncos win. Nate? 
<laughs> it's not a close game. Broncos win 31-16. The Broncos okay. are, 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 are the better team. They're the better team right now. They're also better coached. They have a more experienced quarterback. I know C.J. Stroud's playing well, but he's not. He's not. He's not Russell Wilson, y'all. He ain't freaking Russell okay. Wilson, y'all. All, All right. right. He's All just right. not. Yeah, the running game is not uh, as established. Um, it's not as good at all. Um, they rely on big plays from the corners. I'm sorry, um, from their from their receivers. And um, you know, I think that the Broncos' defense, because of the strategy of the offense, grinding it out on the running attack, will be fresh when they come on the field and will be able to attack C.J. Stroud and give him some problems back there. Um, I do think that the Broncos are a better team right now, and they're better coach. Man, I think Sean Payton is going to control and dictate the pace of the game, and he's going to prove why he was the right hire and not D'Amico Ryans. The Broncos won 29-12 last week. They're going to have a similar margin of, of victory this week. It's going to be 31-16. Broncos. I love it. Uh, and by the way, we are going to have a live watch along. However, for <laughs> logistics and some other reasons, we're going to be doing it like this. So we'll be it'll be more like the sort of the Manning cast and Chad will be returning from Indy, correct? Correct. So so we'll see the best we can. Nate, you're just at home. I guess you gotta, you know, you got the kid, you got the wife, you got the this, the that. You're in, you're out. Who knows? And uh, hopefully we get our pal Vic Lombardi on board. And listen, if we're doing it like this, we can invite anybody. So if you guys got any, you know, friends or pals or you know that want to jump on and participate, you know, hey. Call up Plumber. Maybe you know he can get on the Mushroom Patrol and uh, you know sort of jump in or something. I don't know. Who knows? But we're gonna try something a little bit different. So we are gonna watch the game right here. Kill you with truth right here on this channel. That'll be Sunday. It's an early one. We'll have some breakfast. We'll have like some breakfast burritos or, or whatever. And hey, mimosas. Mimosa. Sure. Why not? Day drinking sounds fun on a Sunday. So you know that will be happening. On Sunday, before we leave here, a couple of quick hitters, couple of quick hitters. Patrick Sertan was on a podcast and say he'd be open to playing receiver. This is actually not new news. He's actually said this before. It's just kind of cropping up because he said it again really <laughs> quick. And he's open to returning punts, which they don't need to do. They don't because Marvin Mims isn't dependent on just one thing to stay on the team. This is my big problem with kickoff and punt returners in the past. They're desperate to be on the team, so they do dumb things. Mims isn't like that. He's fine. You don't need. Yeah, like Devin Hester, you know, just, just. You can always find, hey, you can always find examples, Nate. If you want to find one example here and there, you can can do it. And so can you. Yeah, I can point out Shiloh Ko in Montreal, Washington, too. Those are names as well that sort of the, fit the in. leading punt returner in the NFL. He plays for the Eagles. He's a little white dude, and that's all he does. All right. Okay. Right, look, do, really? Do we want to do this now? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do this now? Um, would you somehow get Sertan involved with the offense? Nate, would you get Sertan involved with the offense somehow? I wouldn't, simply because it's not an offense that kind of does that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, I mean. A receiver has a skill set you have to practice. So if you if you want a couple routes that he does and you want to throw him in there for certain situations just to kind of uh, create some attention over there, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, he's there. And then we do something, a base, a package based on that, like we did with that's, Champ Bailey that's all I'm say- that's all I'm back saying. in the day. Yeah, yeah, that could, be, that could be interesting. And, and for an offensive coach to take advantage of something interesting, to see what the, how the defense reacts to it. And if they react to it in a certain way, you could take advantage of it or call certain stuff off of it. I think Sean Payton is the type of mind who 
who could use that and and do something with that. But I but I think you know taking Patrick Sertan's attention away from his defensive play would be a mistake and try to, you know, you're Travis Hunter now. So get used to it. You know, that would be a big mistake, but I think a package with Pat Sertan where you were trying some interesting things to see how the defense reacted and building some plays off of that reaction, I think would be, uh, that'd be cool. We only press the ball down the field twice a game, late in the second quarter, late, late in the fourth quarter. That's the only time we press the ball down the field. So there's not enough balls for the receivers Currently, this this Broncos passing offense is not limited because the receivers aren't good enough. This Broncos passing offense is limited because that's the plan and design overall. So if you're going to insert Patrick Sutan in there, how many plays, how, how many targets does he get? Is at some point, we, I just talked about the cohesion with this wide receiver room and them not picking up their phone and getting upset and going on Twitter and, 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 and expressing their frustration. You move Patrick Sertan in that room, and he gets a package, and he catches three passes on five targets. I would play, I would be upset if I were Jerry Judy. A lot of times, <laughs> I, I don't connect to Jerry Judy's anger and frustration. In this yeah. circumstance, I would. Now, do I think Patrick Sertan has the skill to do this? Yes. If this were a different team that went five wides all the time, and you could put him in there, and it wouldn't take away from the rest of the wide receiver targets and catches, yeah, I'd be down for that. But in this situation, as they run this offense currently, no, I don't think it adds much. All right, last one before we step out for the weekend. Deion Sanders was, was with his son, at least one of his sons, Shadur, at Thursday Night Football in Jerry World with Jerry Jones. Does it mean something or does it not mean something? Because I guess finals are done and and uh, Shadur doesn't need to study. Or maybe he was just studying on the private jet down to Dallas. Quick thoughts on... Dion and uh, Shadur with Jerry in Dallas, Nate. It's probably not the first time he's been there. It's just we know about it now. You know what I mean? Deion Sanders is beloved in Dallas. He's he's from Texas originally, right? No, he's from Florida. Where, where's he from? He's from, he's from, from Florida. Florida, but he's got he's a home Florida. in Texas. He's yeah, got a home in Texas, Texas yeah. and he also played for the Cowboys during the dynasty. So, so yes, they love him there. He loves Jerry, and, and he's probably taken Shador there before. Um, does it are you insinuating that Shador is going to get drafted by the Cowboys and like? Is that what you is that what you're saying? I'm or asking it, a question, Nate. You can answer it however you want. No, it doesn't mean anything. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, no, it doesn't mean anything other than Dion trying to keep his profile high and keep it out there. It's you know he's trying. It's the recruiting season, and the more folks you can attach yourself to, the more recruits can see you. That's it looks what this cool. is after. It and looks this, cool. This yeah. this should door thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, there seems to be clearly some special treatment between you know son and dad versus coach and quarterback. Um, and last time I was up at CU, there was a Rolls Royce SUV parked in the parking lot in front of the Champion Center with a boot on it because you didn't pay your <laughs> ticket. So it, it it spoke perfectly to the That's overprivileged, That's great. under-responsibility of this whole situation with giving these college kids millions of dollars. I get millions of dollars. So I can go out and buy a Rolls Royce SUV. But apparently you don't have the time to pick up your phone and pay your parking fine. Awesome. So you got a boot on your $400,000 SUV in front of the football facility. So it, it kind of speaks to the whole thing <laughs> That's in great. a very odd, unfortunate way. Uh, Nate, best thing you're going to do this weekend? Um, I'm uh, I'm hosting a, a comedy night tomorrow night. Whoa! Um, so I actually am meeting the guy that's typically the host right now for coffee because he can't do it and he asked me to do it. So, um, you know, bringing on the comics and doing like the joke between the comic thing. And um, not, Where? When? 
Uh, it's at my buddy. It's the same place I did stand-up comedy a couple months ago. It's at my buddy's um, place of business. It's called 3600. It's a night where it's probably 50, 50 to 60 people go to that, and he sells tickets to it. And it's probably three or four comics, um, and it's downtown. And then on and then on Saturday morning, I'm doing the the pregame show on DNVR. Oh, so oh, Nate oh, Jackson. Saturday morning, yeah. So that's it, man. That's it. Oh, oh, Nate, Chad, are we gonna are we about to lose our pal Nate? Are we? I, think, I so. think so. Wait, don't you work for Altitude? Don't you work for Altitude? I sure do. In fact, yeah. I got I got a sign right here. I saw that sign. I, I made it myself. Oh, wow. PhD, <laughs> man. All right, Chad, coolest thing you're doing this weekend. Uh, I am going to Indy. I'm taking off in a couple of hours, headed to Indy for the Big Ten Championship. I'm um, looking forward to a great weekend of football. Now, all these other championship games have such a compelling storyline to them. Unfortunately for this one, Iowa doesn't score enough points to be able to really keep up with Michigan. So an upset could possibly happen. Um, but there's a reason why I think Michigan has a 98% chance of winning this game because Iowa uh, averages like 16 points a game. It's a very Pat Shermer-esque style offense they run out there. And with Michigan averaging 38 points a game, it seems like this one's kind of going in a clear direction. But, you know, I'll be there. I'll call the game. And hopefully uh, Iowa steps up their game and makes it at least competitive, compelling, and interesting. Is Harbaugh back? Harbaugh is back. He has served his three-game suspension. He okay. is back. Okay. All yeah. right, boys. Love you both. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be we'll be doing the best we can uh, with the watch along. <laughs> yeah, bring that to the pregame show on DNVR. Bring that Don't to the bar. Know. Yeah, yeah. Go go ahead. Hey, 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 Brandon Spano. Look, look at this. Uh, we kill you with truth. We don't literally kill you though, Nate. Mios, literally- Dios. <laughs> <laughs>